You're listening to season three, episode four of Vixen, a black beauty and pop culture podcast. If you enjoy what you hear today, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is on Dancehall Diva and the queen of the pack, Patra. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back to Vixen. I am really, really hype about this week's episode, so I'm just going to get right into it. I've been wanting to do an episode like this for a long time. I think I brought it up on the season one finale that I wanted to do something like this, but um, it, it just got away from me and I started just focusing on other topics, but I had to make sure I did this this week because I rewatched the movie Dance Hall Queen last weekend. So I was like, you know what? It's only right that we give the girls a dance hall episode this week. So there will be more to come of these styles of episodes. We're going to talk more about dance hall in the future, but this week's episode is all about the queen of the pack. Y'all heard it in the intro. Y'all read it in the title. Patra, who else? So let's get into it. Dorothy Smith was born on November 22nd, 1972 in Westmoreland, Jamaica, which is about an hour outside of Negril, and that would be considered the countryside. I had the pleasure of going through that entire area for Christmas 2019, right before the panoramic, and it's absolutely beautiful out there. It's very different from like the Jamaica that you see um like on tv because it's like inland but it's still a very very beautiful place um eventually dorothy's family moved to kingston jamaica which is about three and a half hours away from westmoreland so they're basically like on the opposite sides of the island i know that montego bay is on one side and kingston is all the way on the other and from what i remember negril is about two hours away from um Montego Bay but still on the same coast so they basically moved all the way to the other side. As a child Dorothy loved ancient history and one of her cousins started to call her Cleopatra just as a nickname Um, and the family eventually relocated to Canada in her early teens but I think Dorothy might have come back to Jamaica like shortly after this. I can't tell when she came back but she came back at some point. So in the late 1980s Dorothy starts to get into DJing so she takes the childhood nickname of Cleopatra and then flips it into Lady Patra and that became her DJ name. She was really really popping y'all like she was very very popular um in 1992 she did a guest verse on mad cobra song really do it and then the following year she was featured on body slam with richie stevens so people love these songs um both in jamaica and america so patra decided that music was the lane for her and this is when she shortens her name to patra from lady patra following year patra releases her first single think about it which did pretty well and then the follow-up single working man was released i'm sure you if y'all are familiar with dance hall like old school dance hall i'm sure you know the song working man was actually the bigger song it reached number 53 on the hot 100 and number one on the u.s dance chart later on in 1993 she released her debut album which was called of course queen of the pack the doll was only 21 when she released this album so in an interview with the gleaner in 2019 patra said queen of the pack was a title track i wanted for my album so i started thinking and that is how i came up with the song it wasn't a competition thing for me it was about being a woman and respecting my african roots and culture i had the braids at the time to represent the african thing too it wasn't a brawling thing to say i'm a queen of this and that 
I go by record sales and your look as an artist. It's a complete package for me. It's a sex appeal thing. And I was representing all girls because somebody had to say it in that time, period, end quote. She didn't say the period part. I said that. But exactly. Like when I think of Patra, like I just think of a really, really beautiful black girl who was just like, I'm fine. I'm sexy. I'm the queen. And it wasn't even like I'm better than these women or like I'm better than everybody else. It was just kind of like... She thought very highly of herself, so we love to see it. Anyway, 1994, Patra was featured on Family Affair with Shaba Ranks, which was also a very high-charting song. So if you know um, Shaba Ranks, you'll, prob- you'll probably be familiar with that one. So at this time, Patra's just putting out hit after hit after hit once the album came out. The final single was Romantic Call featuring Yo-Yo. Um, I had never seen the video uh, for this song until I was doing the research for this episode. So I had no idea that Tupac was in the video with them. It looks like they're having so much fun. Go watch it on YouTube. Um, so that song did very, very well, especially with that like American West Side connection that was going on with Yo-Yo and Tupac. Um, and speaking of Tupac um, and Biggie, actually, Patra was very close to both of them. She was actually in the video for One More Chance. Never, ever realized that. Y'all can go back and watch it and see her. Um, And she said herself, she loved being a part of that golden era of hip hop. Here's a quote from her. Oh my God, it was amazing. Tupac and Biggie were my good friends in the game and now they're both gone. I miss them. So she was very, very popular at this time. I feel like if you don't, if you are relatively young you probably won't remember her and her reign but she she was a really big deal like I'm just trying to reiterate that because I know a lot of my listeners are like under 25 so I just want y'all to know that she was a huge deal and I'll explain a little bit more later but back to the story In 1995, Patra released my favorite song of hers, Pull Up to the Bumper, which was a remake of the Grace Jones song. So this is another very, very successful single. Um, And then Patra's second album, Scent of Attraction, comes out later that year. And the lead single, which was also called Scent of Attraction, uh, featured R&B star Aaron Hall. So she did like for that album, she did like another Jamaican and like black American artist crossover. Um, and that seemed to work really well for her because this song with Aaron Hall performed very well too. Um, it was actually rumored that the two of them were dating because Aaron was in the video for another one of her songs randomly. And I think, um, paparazzi spotted them together a couple of times, but they both denied ever dating each other. So Patra was featured on the lead soundtrack single from the movie Panther, which was the Mario Van Peebles film about the Black Panthers. Um, and the song was called Freedom. So Patra was on the song with like 60 other artists. It was kind of like a We Are the World situation. Um, the people that were on Freedom, Aaliyah was on it, SWV, Mary J. Blige, Yo-Yo, In Vogue, um, MC Light, TLC, Monica. We would be here all day naming everybody else who was on, on this song. But yeah, it was like a song that brought together like all the heavy hitters in the music industry at that time, like all the big black artists at that time. So I bring that up to let y'all know just how pop and Patra really was. So for those who didn't grow up around her music and don't know who she is, because I assume that some of y'all don't, 
Um, I would say like one of the people that a lot of people often compare her to is Rihanna because she was a Caribbean girl who had, you know, crossed over into American music and she was probably the most recognizable Caribbean um, female artist in pop culture. Very similar to how Rihanna is today. I would say Rihanna is probably one of the most famous Caribbean artists um, in general, not even just like a woman, but one of the most famous and one of the most recognizable. So Patra was this for the 90s. Um, Patra was a sex symbol, a star. She was a voice for women empowerment, all of that. And also in the early 90s, everybody wanted to look like her. Um, so go look up pictures of her. I'm going to post, of course, a collage of her on Instagram like I do for every episode. But like once you see her, you'll know what I mean. Like she had that very signature 90s style and she also had her signature very, very long braids. So here's a condensed quote she did from an interview with Afrobella in 2019. I love braids. Braids make women beautiful. Always give respect to the motherland and the African women where the art comes from. It's good to have that natural look. Everybody loves my look. I am a black queen, an African queen. Everyone must know that. End quote. I love her. Like, <laughs> I love Patra. But anyway, so after this big break into mainstream stardom, uh, Patra decides to take a few years off from the scene. And during this time, she lived in between Miami, New York, and Amsterdam. She returned eight years later with a new single called Pressure Me. And then she released her third album in 2003, which was called The Great Escape. She did quite a few features at this time too. So she was just kind of getting back out there doing her thing. In an interview with the Jamaica Observer in 2004, she was asked about her absence and this was her response. I just decided to take a break and become more mature. There are things that happen that I don't want to get into right now. You have people who just love to talk. I am not living my life for people. I don't owe anybody anything, so I don't think about people, period. I wanted to come back and take control of my affairs. I keep everything quiet, and a lot of people have been looking for me. I just took a break from the business to get my life together, and now that I have everything together, I am ready to get back into the business. End quote. So there's a lot of rumors surrounding her absence from the music business that I'm not going to get into because a lot of them are very dark. Um, but people say that within this eight years where she was absent from the music scene that, um, like when people would see her, she was just very different. Um, and it just didn't seem normal. You know, you guys can look up the rumors if you want to. I won't discuss them on here, but a lot of the rumors are very, very dark. She denies anything, everything, but for the most part, from what I've read, she denies everything. But, you know, I think, like, when you're in the music industry, we've seen this happen with many, many stars. You see a lot in the industry, and I think that people just need a mental break and just, like, time off from that kind of lifestyle. But let's get back to the story. 2005, she released another album called Where I've Been. So around the time Patra was recording this album, she decided to get back into the music industry um, but she wanted to go behind the scenes. So the way she did this is um, she wanted to get back in by managing and working with other artists back home in Jamaica. So her and her then boyfriend, Harry Grant, go into business together. And the business ran throughout 2003 and 2004. But the couple was arrested on fraud charges in April 2005. 
Okay, so here's the tea on that. Allegedly, keyword allegedly, y'all. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Patra and Harry would be hired by local artists to procure like visa deals for them so that they could work um, and perform overseas in the UK specifically. They were supposed to provide these artists with UK visas, um, work permits, clearance, um, social security cards, the whole nine. The artist would enter this deal with the couple, sign a contract, and then they would drop off the deposit for all of this stuff um, and all other future payments for the services at the couple's home in Montego Bay. So while their business was booming, the couple allegedly collected over a million dollars from these artists. That sounds good, right? Well, it wasn't, apparently. <laughs> because the problem was that these clearances and these visas and all of this stuff never came about and the artists who were allegedly scammed waited several several months and they just didn't hear anything from the couple so after a while they're like okay we're not hearing from them nothing's happening they took our money and they vanished so these artists mobilize and they go to the police uh to file a joint report so when the case goes to court one of the artists accused the couple of hiring someone to harass him and he said he's been getting death threats ever since they were arrested so this accusation led to the judge giving a court order to trace um, the calls and basically I guess to tap the guy's phone to see where the calls were coming from but I couldn't find any further information on that it looks like nothing materialized from that so Patra later gets out of jail on bail and she ends up not having to do any jail time I'm not too sure about Harry and what came out of the situation for him but the two of them eventually broke up shortly after this of course this experience caused her to take some time away from music again and grow her relationship with god and go back to school um, she got a bachelor's in history and political science at this time and then she decided to come back to music around 2012 she signed with a new label and started working on a new album and she also performed at a ton of concerts and that album that she started working on it was called patra the continuation and it was released in 2014 also around this time patra got married to donahue jarrett who is a very prominent kingston-based businessman so donahue's father's name is terrence jarrett and he is the founder of the altamont court hotel and donahue was the general manager at one point point um and this hotel is very very popular because it's right in the middle of what i believe is called new kingston um which is like a neighborhood that is i guess you would call it like the business and commercial district of kingston basically it's similar to like you know how every uh large city has a downtown area that's basically what um the area around the hotel is so there's like a very booming hotel very very popular it's right near the bob marley museum and there's a lot of other attractions that surround it so it's definitely a hot spot and like that's where most people will want to stay if they're visiting kingston so this is a very prominent family by the way and it is safe to assume that they are also very rich so go girl get that bag patra so she got married and um you know she just started thinking about other ventures and what she was doing next uh and cooking has always been a really really big part of patra's life in an interview she said food has always been my passion besides music i used to cook for the people at vibe magazine and at sony shaba as in shaba ranks y'all of course paid me to cook for him 
In 2015, Patra and her new husband opened a restaurant called Chateau 7 in Kingston. The restaurant is still open and I believe, I'm pretty sure it's still owned by the couple. I couldn't find anything that said it wasn't owned by them anymore. So I'm going to assume it is still owned by them. Um, and it quickly became one of those celebrity hotspots, a place um, that the who's who of Kingston would go to. So today, Patra's still running her restaurant. Um, it seems like she had a cooking show on local Jamaican television, and she worked on a cookbook as well. Um, in the interview she did with The Gleaner in 2019, I believe I brought that um, interview up earlier, they asked her about the whole queen of the pack thing and what she thinks of women in dance hall today who crown themselves with certain titles. Here's an excerpt from that interview. In recent years, dance hall has seen its fair share of women who have designated themselves various titles, like Spice, who deems herself queen of the dance hall since Lady Saw converted to Christianity some years ago. There is also Bad Gal Jade, who describes herself as a young dance hall queen, while Shinsia and her Shenyin fans, I love me some Shinsia, y'all. I love Shinsia. <laughs> while Shinsia and her Shenyin fans hold on to the title Princess of Dance Hall. While Patra says that she's not in the know with the current affairs of dance hall, she cautioned that queenship should not be assigned loosely. For me, being the queen of the pack is a lot about leading, educating myself, wanting to know where the real Cleopatra comes from and what it takes to be a queen in whatever area you're doing. If you're a woman who cleans up places or has a shop, you are a queen in your own domain, but I don't think the title should be used loosely. I come from the bush and grew up poor. And when I left and came to Kingston, I got a record deal in a year. And that was a big thing. When I use the word queen, it's not a tacky word. It's a powerful word, depending on how you claim it, end quote. So y'all heard the queen? <laughs> just joking, just joking. I mean, in all seriousness, hmm, I have double feelings about these kinds of statements. Like, I do feel like you can't crown yourself just anything like you can't I can't start rapping tomorrow and be like I'm the best out you know because like girl you're not right but on the other hand I do feel like a lot of more established artists or like um artists that have been around longer especially women who are like above the age of 40 um, they, there's just a lot of gatekeeping come, going on with them. They always try to gatekeep crowning, um, people crowning themselves with titles. And I just don't get it. I feel like we've seen this with Queen Latifah before. Uh, we've seen this with Lil' Kim and it's just like, why? It's like, you probably also gave yourself that name as well. You know, whatever name you call yourself, you probably gave that to yourself. Everybody, I, I don't think everyone got knighted with their name, you know, like you have to, believe you're the best for other people to think you're the best right so it makes sense that people would give themselves titles in my opinion um and I just feel like that's a part of music like that's a part of like rap dance hall r&b whatever it is like it's all braggadocious it is all braggadocious music and that's just what it is at the core that's a part of our culture like everybody calls themselves something the king of new york king of the south princess of the south the baddest bitch, Queen B, all of it. Everybody calls themselves something and the pop girls are not exempt. They do it too. But it's just like, especially in music that comes from black culture, you guys know what I mean? That's why I named rap, dance hall and R&B. We brag. Like, <laughs> that's what we do, right? That is what we do. 
And I just think, you know, like I said, if you don't think you're the best, nobody's going to think you're the best and you don't have to put other people down while you're doing it. And that's one of my favorite things about Patra for real. Like when you look at her music and I suggest you guys go watch her videos um, and listen to her music if you hadn't before this episode, but if you just get a look at like her aura and like who she like who she is and how she carries herself, she never it never seemed like she thought she was better than anyone. It was just like, you know, however the car shuffle, I come out the queen of the pack. Like that's just her attitude. That's how she felt. She was just very, very confident. She wasn't a hater. Um she didn't, she wasn't stuck up. She didn't think she was better than anybody. It was just like, I'm that bitch, you know? And I think all women deserve to feel like that. I wish all women, women, um, walked around with their head held high and said shit like that. I wish I was more like that, you know, like I really, really love women with that attitude. And that was one of my favorite things, um, about her. And like, when you look at modern rap today, like the, especially with female rap and, um, female music, I think they all have like their own little titles and like things that they call themselves. And, um, the girls today get a bad rap. Like people are like, oh, well, like it all sounds the same. They're all saying the same thing. But I think they're all trying to like exert dominance and like exert, um, you know, that they know they're talented. Like uh, when Nicki Minaj came out, I am a huge Nicki Minaj fan for people who do not know. I love Nicki Minaj. (laughs) And like when she came out, I was very impressionable. I think I was like 13 or 14 or something when Nicki came out, something like that. And like she called herself so many things, Nicki the Ninja, Nikki Lewinsky, Harajuku Barbie, Roman, like Nikki got hella names for herself. We all know this, right? But maybe people weren't off put by it because um, she was one of the only people who was a, a big mainstream female artist that was new to us. So I think now it bothers people more because there's so many other female rappers coming out and that are doing well right now. So it's like, you can't be this, you can't be that. Like with Sweetie, Icy Girl and Megan, Hot Girl. Like, But I think everybody has to assert themselves because I'm gonna say it again. If you don't think you the best, ain't nobody gonna think you the best. All the girls do it, especially these days. Everybody's queen, princess, bad, like bad bitch, all of that stuff. So I just don't think you should gatekeep titles. Let people call themselves what they want to call themselves when they want to call it. So what y'all think about that? Do y'all think like, you know, at the core it's all braggadocious? Um, or do you guys think, no, you know, you gotta have some skin in the game. You gotta put work in to be able to call yourself X, Y, Z. What do y'all think? Share your thoughts, share your thoughts. Okay, y'all. So that is the story of Patra. What are your thoughts? What do y'all think? Do you like the dance hall episode? Do you want more? I hope y'all like them because there's a lot of other dance hall figures that I want to cover in the future. So Hopefully y'all like this episode. Um, like I said earlier, I just rewatched Dance Hall Queen. Um, so I've been thinking about Patra, but also Lady Saw, Spice, Sister Nancy, um, a lot of other artists that I love. Um, and let me know who else you guys think of when you think of Dance Hall. And I also want to do episodes on actual Dance Hall Queens because I think if you're not familiar with 
Jamaican culture or like Caribbean culture as a whole. I think some people don't know um, that there's a whole subculture of dance hall queen and like that's a whole actual thing. Um, so I would love to delve deeper into that because I think a lot of like us black Americans um, or just like black people from other places, um, we may not all know about like the dance hall subculture. Um, we just know kind of like what we see um, on TV that goes mainstream. So I would love to go deeper into that because I just love this kind of stuff. Like I would love to talk about like Carlene Smith. She was actually crowned dance hall queen. I believe she has a child with Beanie Man too. So I think that would be interesting. We'll probably do something like that next season. But yeah, I hope you guys like these kinds of episodes because I want to make sure that I'm expanding outside of like black American hood and like going deeper into the diaspora and you know just exploring like African superstars Caribbean superstars like I'm just trying to show love to all black women I don't want anyone to think that this podcast is specifically for black American women it's for us period okay it's for all of us what Solange say this shit is for us and that's you know whether you black American you um West Indian, you African, you grew up in the UK, like whatever you are, you know, like I want to make sure I include women from all of those kinds of black experiences. So um, please let me know if you have any submissions. As always, you can DM me on Instagram. You can email me at uh, vixenpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear you guys thoughts um, on other, you know, just topics outside of just the black American experience I definitely want to get into Nollywood too so if you're Nigerian hit me up <laughs> hit me up let me know like the biggest Nollywood stars I know some of them I like Nollywood movies but I want to know like from a like actual Nigerian person who would you consider like the biggest um female Nollywood stars hit me up um, and then also, uh, I want to educate myself more on black people who live, um, who grew up in the UK, um, and in other places in Europe, because I see on my listenership, like my, um, stats for the podcast, I have a lot of listeners over there. Hey y'all. And I assume y'all are black. Like maybe y'all not, I don't know, but <laughs> I assume y'all are black, but there's a good amount of listener, um, listeners that come from that area. So who, who did y'all grow up like loving? Who did you grow up? Um, which black women did you grow up being obsessed with? Like, let me know. I want to educate myself and I want to do episodes that represent all of us. So definitely hit me up. I'm rambling and yeah. Okay. That's it. Love y'all. Hey y'all, before I go, I just wanted to let you guys know that on Wednesday, March 31st, I'm going to be on Instagram live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a special guest, a very good friend of mine. We're going to be discussing um, sex tape scandals and how they affect black women versus our counterparts. If you listen to my Nicole Narain episode from season one, you're already kind of familiar with this topic. We're going to go a little bit deeper into it. So if you're free next Wednesday, March 31st, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come on over to my Instagram, grab you a glass of wine, glass of water, whatever your advice is. I'm not judging you. Join us. Um, chime in, talk. If you want to go live with us, you absolutely can, but we would love to get you guys' perspective um, on the topic. So if you are free next Wednesday, I would love to see you. All right. Bye. See y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Vixen. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave a review. If you have a submission, feel free to email vixenpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with an all new episode.